Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome, everybody, to another season, another episode of Straight Talk with Joe. We've missed you guys, and um, we are excited to be back. Uh, we have a lot in store this season, uh, a lot of special guests, a lot of good topics that are close to our hearts, and uh, we just want to open up uh, with a quick word of prayer before I get into the introduction. Um, so, Father, we thank you for this time, uh, another uh, season of Straight Talk with Joe that you've graced us to have. Um, and whoever's listening to this, uh, Lord, we just ask that you drop whatever seeds into their heart so they can uh, have good works that are profitable unto all men. We thank you for what you're doing and what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are back, um, and we have, uh, let's just get to the regular introduction, which is, uh, you know, my name is Keith from Straight Talk with Joe. Uh, this is your first time listening. And we also have Joe from Straight Talk with Joe. Joe, say something. What's going on, everyone? I'm Joe. This is Straight Talk with Joe. Uh, this is a Christian talk show where we do not uh, try to push forward anything that may mislead anyone, as in thinking that we are theologians. Um, we are just regular, everyday people who want to share the word of God, and we want you to um, call in, share your thoughts, and be a part of the body of Christ as we try to put forth God's word. Amen. Um, And also on the line, a very, very special person to me and Joe, we have Miss Monique Calderon on the line. What up? Say something, Monique. Hello. So happy to be back. Um, I'm so excited for the season. Hello to all of our new listeners. We're so happy that you could join us. And um, I'm so excited for an amazing show tonight. Excellent, excellent. And um, so without further ado, uh, we have a special guest, you know, special guest on the first episode Um I would like to introduce to you guys, uh, his name is actually Joe, and he has a YouTube called Finding Faith, so <laughs> that's pretty funny. So, uh, Joe, uh, welcome to Straight Talk with Joe. It's a pleasure to have Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure to be on. Thanks so much, Keith. No problem, no problem. Um, so, <clears throat> what we normally do here at Straight Talk with Joe, we... Uh, the we we mentioned what the conversation for tonight is. It's uh, called Imago Day, um, and it's a reflection off of uh, Genesis one, uh, verse twenty six to twenty eight. So I'm going to read really quick uh, what that says, and then we can open up the conversation with Joe, and you can sh- share with us your your background of 
of what's happening uh, with your life and how you came to the faith and so on and so forth. So Genesis 1, uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 28 reads, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female uh, created he them. And he blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So let's open up the conversation. So, Joe. Can you share with us, a, you know, your brief, your brief background about, you know, how you come to the faith in your relationship with Christ Jesus? Yeah, I can give you the brief version, sure. So, essentially, I was raised in Christian science, which is pretty much on life support as far as dying religions go, I would say. It's not very popular, but every once in a while I meet someone who's heard of it. Basically, what it does is it takes the Bible and it takes out anything valuable from it, and it just leaves it with, simple teachings that don't really get you anywhere. It just kind of makes you briefly feel good and doesn't really fulfill you for a long period of time, at least not for me. So I got out of that when I was young. I went on the atheistic route because I didn't have a good answer to the problem of evil. And then eventually I decided I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. People say that, but you know, it's really true. It takes a lot of faith to really believe that the beautiful world that we live in and, you know, life could have just, formed from nothing it doesn't make any sense so i found my way to christianity from there and that was six and a half years ago i would say just about yeah it's been a really good journey ever since you know i mean obviously i've stumbled along the way part of why i made my youtube channel is because i know how easy it is to stumble from personal experience and i'd like people to avoid that as much as possible in the future so that they don't make the same mistakes i did Gotcha. Gotcha. That sounds like a very interesting uh, journey, um, Joe, um, how you went from Christian science to atheism, then to Christianity. Um, and mm-hmm. it was something about it that that uh, must have grappled you and, and wanted, you know, just, you know, captivated your attention. And that's awesome. So how, like, so you said that was about six or seven years ago. Um, so how does, oh, okay. So how does, like, how did that transition into finding faith? Can you tell us a little bit about that? I wish I could give you a better idea of it because it's not something that I fully understand myself. I think I was just, as a very contemplative person, I was really contemplating, you know, the idea of existence and it just didn't, I started to think about it and kind of wrestle with God a little bit. It didn't make sense that God couldn't exist or, you know, there couldn't be some higher power. But at the same time, I also, there's something that always kind of turned me off about polytheistic religions, you know, Hinduism, ancient Egyptian gods, the Greek gods. They're fun to read about just kind of, you know, for fun's sake, but in terms of actually believing in that stuff, I couldn't do it. 
so to me, it was kind of the Bible or bust because of that. You know, it was clear that just from the impact that the Bible has had, that there had to be some truth in it. It took me a little while to accept that it was all true. And even now in ways there's, you know, a little bit of wrestling with minor effect here and there, you know, trying to figure out what does this mean? How does this work? You know, what, what it got me when he said this, what is this prophecy referring to? So in that sense, that's the best way I can explain it. You know, I was just kind of wrestling and I figured it had to make sense that there would be a higher power. And if there was, it was going to be the God of the Bible, but not the God of Christian science. I think in some level, I must've known that the God of Christian science is different than the one that is actually in the Bible. Hmm. Hmm. So how, so like with the YouTube page of titled mm. finding faith, um, yep, how, yeah, like, faith. what did you, what did you, what inspired it? Is 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 your testimony inspired you to come up with the, the page? And what do you hope to accomplish with the page? In terms of what inspired me, there were a couple of factors. Part of it was I felt as if there's a lot of extremism that's really loud in everyone's ears all the time when it comes to, you know, Christianity. And that's not what we're all about. So I knew that we needed some sort of moderate voice in there. And there are moderate voices in there, but I also felt as if they weren't necessarily reaching, um, you know, people who needed to hear. They're reaching other Christians, which is great, and we need that encouragement. But then there's people outside the body of Christ that need that, that don't have that. And as someone who's been able to kind of see multiple sides of things, you know, having been involved in false religion, having been involved in no religion at all, I feel as if I have... I guess the best way I can put it is a better sense of where people are coming from. And obviously I, you know, the path I'm on right now is the path I want to be on. I'm not going back. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of where it came from. You know, I was, I felt like there was this need that wasn't being met. I prayed about it for a while and, you know, it was just, it was not something that got removed from my heart. And I just said, you know what, this is, is happening and started it. Things started to come together. It hasn't always been the smoothest ride, but it's been happening. Part of my life for almost uh, seven months, and I'm very glad for that. So, Joe, um, when you were on the fence or about to transition from atheism to, uh, I guess you could say, full-blown on Christianity. Uh, so, something you mentioned uh, prior that kind of stood out to me was um, you couldn't understand, um, and I'm kind of par- paraphrasing, you couldn't understand how God existed if, um, you know, bad things happened. Um, yeah. How did you go from, from that transition of, you know, uh Christianity from a science aspect to atheism to now understanding or, um, you know, having the faith of knowing who God is, who Jesus Christ was, and transitioning from that state? Well, that is actually a pretty good question. But to, to clarify something you said, because I think that because Christian science is so rare, there's this misconception of what it is. It's not really science, and it's not really okay. Christian. So it's this gigantic okay. misnomer of a false religion. Um, right. 
Yeah, so it's it's not really it sounds kind of like when it, you just hear it, it sounds like um, evolutionary Christianity or whatever it's called. You know, where people, yeah, but that's not what it is at all. Um, but I won't get into that too much. To answer your question about the transition, though, the, the best way I feel as if I could word it to not really get the answer across in a clear way would be, it just, I realized that as bad as evil is, as bad as my own problems were, because it wasn't necessarily evil in the world that drew me away. It was my own problems when I was, you know, an angsty mm. teen and everything that drew me away. I realized that the God of the universe had to be bigger than the problems that I had as an angsty teen, you know, was still kind of having at that time. And I wanted to seek that out more than I wanted to, you know, prioritize my pain and make my pain into an idol. Cause we can do that. Right. You know, when we're going through pain, we're thinking about how bad it is and it suddenly becomes this, weird idol in our lives and we almost don't want it to go away but i wanted it to go away i knew if there was a disease there had to be a cure and i can't explain that and i and i think i think um that's the beauty of of finding god and finding christ because mm-hmm. you know he makes what we cannot explain or understand understandable at the time that he wants us to understand it and dude and that, that was great and, you know, going along that path of searching and finding and, you know, you know, trying to find the way that not necessarily the, the path or the way that we want, because, you know, we're still human. We, we still live within the flesh. But as we're mm-hmm. searching and finding for that way and for that path, God kind of guides us um, because we still have that free will. And once we find that way, then it's like a aha moment. And, you know, the the whole idea of bad things happen is one of the precious things of being a Christian. Because even though bad things happen, it's still uh, a belief as Christians that nothing can harm us. And without without having that understanding or without having that belief within us, then anybody could convert to become an atheist, become an atheist, or you know, just just having that fear and that doubt can make any believer a non-believer. But it's I think the love that God has instilled in us uh, that gives us comfort. And you know, kudos to you for you know, accepting that and, and trying to search. Hey, hey, it was all God, man. Too. It was all God. Right, right, right. <clears throat> Amen. Hey, Joe, Amen. I've got a, I've got a, I'm, I'm very Monique. interested. Hey, I'm so interested in your story. So I'm out here in LA and, oh, cool. you know, I, yeah, um, and I live the Hollywood lifestyle. So I was around a lot of people who, um, you know, said that they um, were very much, you know, uh, like Scientology or Christian science. And I think for it's so very unknown, um, I believe, you know, for our listeners, could you help us to really understand, like, for excuse my, like, um, um, ignorance, but I don't know. Is there a difference between Scientology and Christian science? Is it the same thing? Can you yeah, help there, us to understand that a little bit better? There, there's a huge difference. Part of it is that Scientology has actually been popular and Christian science never has been. Um, 
so, so that's <laughs> one external thing. But so Scientology was basically founded kind of accidentally by L. Ron Hubbard when I think he was drunk when he wrote it and it was a bet or something like that. And then it took off and now it's become this whole thing. And you've got the Church of Scientology not too far from downtown L.A. And it's just, it's all, it's all a bit of a weird mess because you know, celebrities believe in it. And it's basically a cult. I wouldn't go so far as to call Christian science a cult. It was founded by one person, but it was founded, I think it was pre-L. Ron Hubbard, because I think L. Ron Hubbard was a science fiction writer in the 70s or something. Christian science goes back to the late 1800s. So this is an interesting little point that gets back to some conversations Keith and I have had personally. Um, Christian science started off with this woman named Mary Baker Eddy who founded it. And she wanted to get back to the idea of faith healing. You know, she felt we were getting too far away from that. And she wanted to bring that back a little bit. Now, that's a great idea. But when you think about going back to faith healing, you have to go back and examine what Jesus was doing. What she did instead was she basically threw out Genesis chapter 2 onwards. And she decided that Jesus is not fully God and fully man, just the son of God, despite many things that he said, but that he reached this level of transcendence and oneness. And then there's all this stuff about how the world we live in is just this fleeting false realm or something. It's this false material world. She was very influenced by some of the transcendental thinkers at the time. And she basically eliminates, partly by eliminating Genesis chapter two onwards, is she really eliminates the problem of evil. And when you eliminate the problem of evil, then the cure, a.k.a. Jesus, doesn't mm-hmm. as much. So, and that, that's partly why, you know, the, uh, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is basically meaningless in Christian science. And it's just, it's this really weird combination of things. And I, I have people in my family who still believe in Christian science. And, you know, I love them and I care for them, but I don't understand how they can believe in You know, one of them is particularly a really smart man, but I just don't get how he can see how these things don't connect and how it's just completely false and empty. And it's just, you know, all these principles based on what this one woman said, but Jesus said, follow my word. And yeah, I just, so, yeah, it, it's a weird, so the other it's a weird one. It, that's so interesting. Thank you for sharing that. I'm just wondering, no like you being on the other side of it, what would you, what advice would you give people, you know, that have friends, that um, are, are following Christian science um, in terms of, like, how to family. Do you share Jesus with your family? Like, what does that look like? Have you seen any mm-hmm. other people that you've known that were in Christian science come to know Jesus? Um, I'd well, love okay, to hear. so I actually did meet one other person who, not within my family, it was long story how I met this guy. But I ended up finding out that he was raising Christian science, and then he came to know the truth about Christ, and that really set him free. So that, that was cool, being able to meet one other person like that, and that was a year and a half ago that I met him. Um, I still remember his name. That was Craig. But I haven't met anyone else since. In terms of sharing Christ with my family, there are only two members of my family that have um, – still roots in Christian science. It's really died off in my family a lot. My mom kind of picked it up a little bit, 
but then she dropped off of it in recent years. I have tried sharing it with her a little bit and, you know, not really successfully with the other members of my family. One of them lives in Washington up north and the other one lives in South Carolina, so I don't get to see them all that often. Um, I, I do try and, you know, be as good an example as I can with communication. I would like to be able to have more in-depth conversations with each of them, but I also don't know when that's going to happen. I am trying to pray to God that that might work out this summer, but my summer plans are right now a little up in the air just because of the nature of grad school. So I, I do yeah, what I can well, to answer your question, but there's always so much I can do. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, this is a lot of stuff. Um, great, great, great conversation, guys. Um, we are getting to our commercial break. Uh, we're going to take a sh- short, quick break. Um, we're going to play a promotion for you guys. Um, and we'll be right back with the second part of our convo. Woo. Do you desire to go deeper in your life with Christ? Join us at walkingwithchrist.com where we have Bible study podcasts to help guide you through the Word of God. Walkingwithchrist.com. Come learn the Word of God with us today. Amen. Uh, we are back. Uh, we are back with... Uh, Segment two. So with Joe, uh, for those that just joined us, um, we are opening up the phone lines. If you would love uh, to give us a call and weigh in on this conversation, um, the number is 516-387-1427. Again, that number is 516-387-1427. So Joe mentioned a few things about how um, his journey of faith went from Christian science to atheist to Christ. I mean, even some members of his family are still, you know, maybe they're lost in the uh, cloud of Christian science or, or um, you know, what they believe, and, and it seems to be really blurry. Um, and we probably all, even the listeners, we myself have uh, members of our families that, um, don't believe the same thing that we do. Mm-hmm. With that being said, uh, we want to bring in our second segment, which basically talks about how we bear the image of God. Um, according to our beliefs, God made man in his image and in his likeness. Um, to me right there, that, that, that tells me that we, that we and the people that we see and, and unbelievers as well bear the image of God, which is a beautiful picture if you take a step back and look at it. Um, because God made fit that they were created, and all of us are created in his image to glorify him. Um, just to touch on, um, you know, that point a little bit, what does that mean to, you know, you guys? What does it mean to bear the image of God? Uh, what, what does that mean to you personally in your life? And how, um, how does that, like, change the way you interact with other people? Uh, to me, um, bearing the image of God is, um, 
showing, feeling, and demonstrating love. Um, because it was love that made God create the world. It was love that made God create man. It was love that made God create woman. And when we bear the image of God, uh, when we show uh, the world what the image of God is, uh, that represents um, loving one another. Um, that represents loving God first. Uh, and that represents uh, treating others as we should want to be treated. And, you know, at each moment in the Bible where um, God showed examples of his faith or he, or not necessarily his faith, but he showed examples of his love, you can say that that was a direct reflection of his image. Um, mm. Because when he created man, or after he created man, he said, he goes on to say that um, we've done a, a great thing or we've done a good thing. Um, and he was proud. He was proud of that moment. And you, you, you can only imagine what the scene was like in heaven when he created man. And as a husband and a father, um, when you see your children or your wife or your um, husband do something great, um, and knowing that you were able to help create that greatness, that's love. Um, so uh, I feel as if uh, when we see the image of God or when people ask us what the image of God is, I think that's directly correlated to love. Mm. That's really good. Oh. Joe, Monique? Monique, please. I, I, <laughs> I feel like I've talked more than enough already. <laughs> um, bearing the image the image of God, um, to me, you know, is just like, how am I loving the person in front of me? So, you know, because we're called to represent Jesus, right? Because these people may never, just like we're talking about, we're talking about these different types of religions, you know, Christian science and Scientology. And, and maybe somewhere along the line, they had this um, misconception or an experience with Christians that was totally against what really a follower of Jesus is. And so for me, how I bear the image of Christ is just truly loving the person in front of me. I, I totally agree with Joe because God is love. And so that means, and, you know, God didn't come, to save the, you know, the lovable, <laughs> right? He came, it, it was for the unlovable. And so that it's so easy to love people who are lovable. It's not easy to love the unlovable, right? We all know those people that get up under our skin, okay? And um, it's in those moments when it's like, okay, am I going to bear the image of God here? Am I going 
to love them the best way that I can? Am I coming from a place of understanding instead of trying to be right or wrong? Because when I seek to understand instead of seeking to be right or wrong, um, I'm bearing the image of God because that's, that's, you know, God was all about connection. That's why he created us. And so for us to be able to connect with others is bearing the image of God and connecting that with them in a healthy, loving way. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I definitely agree. I, I'll just jump in here and, and say something as well. Um, when I hear that, I think about, um, I tend to think about Acts 17, um, where, where it, where Paul's talking about the, to, I think, I think in Athens, he's talking about the unknown, uh, God and, and it says how we're, we're all, he created all things. And to me, that's really powerful because, um, it gives me a sense of purpose in life. Um, it gives me a sense of value um, that we're not just here by chance. We're not just going at life, you know, by our lonesome. We, we have a being, a supreme being, a person uh, that loves us and wants to provide and protect us. Um, and that just does something to me because this world is very big. You know, Los Angeles is very big. And you could get lost in the cracks here and feel so insignificant uh, with all these things happening around you, but God says otherwise. And um, so when I'm bearing the image of God, I want to show that there's something more, there's something greater. And um, I want other people to know that as well the best way I can and also appreciate their beauty that they're created in the image of God, you know, like their, their specimen that is created by God's hand. And I just like to sit back and be in awe of that, of how his creation is working right now. So, yeah. So that's really good stuff. And I think everyone has hit on things that are extremely important uh it is really important to be loving towards other people i think that there's this conception that goes around both in christianity and outside of christianity that treating people the way you want to be treated means leaving people alone or not doing certain things so you don't want people to do this to you so therefore not doing that to that person and it's just this weird way of justifying passivity and just making yourself look good by not doing anything, but love is an active thing. And we want people to be loving towards us. So we have to be loving towards people and seeing people in the image of God is a wonderful way to start with that because we have this sinful tendency to see someone who's different from us instead of saying, wait, they're made in the image of God just as much as I am. It's not a, you know, Keith is made more in the image of God more than me or vice versa or anything like that. We are all made in the image of God. And, you know, we all get to reflect God differently. We're all very different for lots of reasons. And that should, you know, 
grant us greater understanding. We should be excited to learn about someone who's different from us and be willing to welcome them in and be loving towards them. That's an opportunity to show love to someone. That should be a really good thing. But a lot of people treat it like it's a burden. A lot of people get frustrated with that. A lot of people don't like the idea of talking to someone who's different from them. You know, oh, I don't want to have to deal with that Republican. Oh, I don't want to deal with some Democrat. And that's not how it works at all, you know, or, you know, I don't want to deal with someone of a different race than me or, you know, someone who has LGBT issues. No, they still have the image of God. We all have a fallen image of God. We all have sin. We're a very poor reflection of God. But that doesn't mean that we should give up. That doesn't mean that we aren't called to right. anything so much greater than what we're born into. So that's what it means to me. It means that there is a much higher calling that we have a responsibility based on how we were created. We were created for love, like Monique and Joe and Keith have all said very well. And it's it's not a call to passivity. It's a call to active, sacrificial love. It's not an easy call, but it's a completely worthwhile call, and it's an absolutely wonderful one. Isn't, isn't it funny how um, – yeah, that's very good, Joe. But, but isn't it – Thank you. Like, it's not not funny. I I always say that. It's probably not the best word. But it's just amazing how we can always break, like, bring things back to that basic level of them being Mm -hmm. an image bearer of God and and Jesus dying for them, just like he died, you know, for all, for the take away the sins of the world, right? So it's like, with that being in our knowledge, it's like, hey, like, Let's scale back. Let let's let's engage in this created being of God um, with with their best intention, with love going forward. Um, and I and and that doesn't mean we accept everything they do either. You know, it means mm, we yeah. speak truth and love with people, with all people, but have the respect for them because God created them. God God <clears throat> God thinks they're precious. And he gave them life, and we should honor that and respect that. Um, so it's it's a very it's a very good starting point for any conversation uh, of people in the faith and people outside the faith. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, there there was another point I wanted to bring up about being an image bearer uh, of God. Um, also, it gives us. Uh, it, once we get that in our spirit, I think it makes us very responsible for our actions as well um, and what we do with our bodies and what we say out of our mouth and what we watch and what we do mm-hmm. and how we interact with other people. And this is something I'm still working on because if people are looking at me as a believer and I believe that God created all of us in his image and I'm the reflection of God's goodness and I'm supposed to be pointing people to Jesus. That means I have a ve- I'm, I'm very accountable and responsible for uh, the things that I say and the, and the things that I do. Um, so in our daily lives, like how, how do we reflect this? Um, and how can neglecting that truth for, uh, destroy us in a way or change our thinking. So let me put it a different way. So people that don't believe they are created by God or don't believe they have value um, or purpose, what can that do to their thinking? Like, what, what do you like? What do you see with that? And I'll just draw out a well, quick example. 
Oh, go ahead, Joe. Please. Well, I, I, I think, I think, um, you know, just living and observing um, everyday surroundings. I use um, Ricky Gervais, a popular uh, actor um, and comedian. He is a well-known atheist, and he has said several times that he's a good person. Um, And I think if we were to characterize people, and Joe, please, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Um, but if, if we were to characterize people who are atheists, they, they may they may say I'm a good person and God doesn't or, or can't determine um you know whether or not my good actions or believing in him will determine where I go when I die. And I think as Christians how we can either draw them in because Really, it's the light that people see within us. It's not necessarily us, but it's the people. It's the light that people see within us that draws them in. Because remember, God chooses who He wants to be saved. So when we do things that are um, out of characterization of what, and I'm using air quotes, of what the world sees as what a true Christian is versus the reality of what it means to be a true Christian, which is you're not going to um, be perfect. You're you're not going to always be happy and have a smile on your face and, you know, wear this, badge of honor, I'm a Christian and I'm a good person and I do good. That's not reality. The reality is is that we face things uh, within this world because we have to. And we have to go through these things because one, Jesus went through these things and the the, the, the entity that is within this world, um, his main objective or its main objective is to try to tempt us or try to destroy the idea or the faith that lives within us. So when we try, when we um, cannot live up to those standards because, one, we're human, two, mm. um, we're not perfect, but when we try to live up to those standards and people that are not within the body of Christ try to judge us as, um, you know, being those people that say, uh, see, you're supposed to be a Christian and you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that. Well, how you counteract that is you say, well, uh, even though I am a Christian and I do believe in God, it's my faith that allows me to, um, you know, live the way that I live. And even though I may not act the way that you perceive me to act, uh, I have not always been this way. I have not always been a Christian. And even though I have not always been a Christian and, um, you know, I have uh, shown how I currently am to you, uh, 
you cannot judge me. And and not then and this probably wouldn't this conversation probably wouldn't even happen. I'm just you know trying to explain it in a way that you pose the question. Um, but you know when people judge you in that manner, uh, I think they're looking to point blame versus actually trying to um, find out who. God is because, and once again, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, I think some atheists, and this is just a conversation that I have had with atheists, or even Muslims for that matter, they try to uh, find fault in Christianity versus trying mm-hmm. to find common ground. <clears throat> yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I, I've seen that too. Yeah, so, but, but knowing that, oh, Joe, you want to you want to t- you want no, to add no, something in, Joe? No. Oh no! Yeah. I was talking about the other Joe. <laughs> Finding faith. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you for clarifying. Um, I mean, I can hold off for a little bit. It's not a big deal. I just wanted to throw out there that yeah, Joe's right. That there are definitely a lot of atheists who try to do that. It's because it's much easier, I think, for them to try and discredit Christianity than to try and hold up their rather weak points about what they do actually believe. They're much more pro-anti than they are pro-something. And, and you, you know, you know what, I, what I find, just within the past couple of years, I've found it so refreshing to know that I don't have to run down every person I see and hit them across the head with the Bible. Our <laughs> job as Christians is to be disciples, right? We're supposed to go out into the world and do what Jesus charged his disciples with, and that's um, going amongst the people within the world, introducing them to this thing called Christianity. Because you have to remember, when Jesus was alive and really up until the last, uh, within 100 years after his death, there was no such thing as Christianity, you know, Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament, and Paul wasn't even around when Jesus was alive. So with that, with that being said, we are only charged with going out and introducing the, the word of God to people. And Jesus told his disciples, if they don't receive it, wipe your feet from the mat and go out and go to somebody else. You know, mm. we, it's it's not we we treat the Bible as this this huge mathematical equation, and you know, it's it, it it's and it's not. It's like one plus one does equal two. We don't have to overcomplicate the Word of God. It's yes or no. It's black or white, and when we try to put our human thought behind it, it misconstrues a lot of things that um, God talks about. And, well, for one, that's where false teaching comes into play. Um, and if we can and, and, and if we can reflect uh, the idea of Jesus Christ when he was alive and what he did, we have to incorporate that in our own way of ministering to people. And that way is talking to people. Not in James one chapter uh, verse three it says no it, that's that's not that's not it because once again 
when Jesus charged his disciples to go out into the world, he didn't. That was that didn't exist. It, it was it was non-existent. The only thing that they did was really teach them the goodness of Jesus Christ. And what is the goodness of Jesus Christ? It's the love that God had for Jesus, or God had for us, that um, and, and that He was able to sacrifice Jesus for us. So if we can identify uh, the idea that it's something bigger than ourselves that helps us and loves us, I think that could go a, a, a longer uh, or have more longevity quoting scripture all day. Mm. That's a great, that's some, some good insights there. Um, I think with Joe, what it sounded like you were saying is, you know, we can, correct me if I'm wrong, we can meet people on a basic level and uh, which could just be on the image uh, or on a level where they are created by God. Because, you know, again, what, what you were saying, that there wasn't a Bible available how it is available now. Even atheists can read the Bible. Right. And they, they create right. classes and, and, and lectures trying to debunk the Bible and getting other people to right. debunk the Bible. And but, but but the whole purpose of the Bible is to point us to Jesus Christ, who is alive right. and well, and his spirit is true. Um, right. so I understand that because one thing um, that happened to me recently, um, I was talking to someone about the faith, and uh, they said, you know, they didn't believe in God. They believed they were created uh, evolution, things like that. And I thought, okay, yeah. you know. And it, it seemed like um, when I was reading, like, a, you know, if you read through Acts, it seems like they were in an environment where people believed in God. That wasn't, it wasn't an unknown thing that, you know, that there was a lot of idolatry going on. They worshiped different gods. But this talk of, you know, I don't believe in God and things like that, it it's like a Conversation has been around for a while, but it's almost like you have to bring people back to the basics now. Because right. if you say, hey, well, you know, the Bible says this, it's like, well, I don't believe in the Bible, I don't believe in God. So then now you have to take them from, okay, they don't believe in God, now let's, let's peel it back to where they came from or where they think they come from or things like that. So it's like a different type of conversation, which points, which I mean, I suggest, you know, we should point them to who they are in Christ, uh, like like where did they come from or how did they think they've gotten here? What is their purpose in life? Like what are they doing, you know? So that's a conversation. Then we can ease them into the scripture right. of what it says or what the Bible even means or what the purpose of the Bible is. But, yeah, I mean, it, the Bible's definitely gotten a lot of bad press over the years, even before yeah. we were born. And, uh it's 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 a lot of ammunition for the unbeliever. I will say that, but you know the spirit of I God is, is but... stronger than all of those things. Yeah, yeah I, so I agree ahead, with Jeff. that. Uh, to, well, to kind of add a little bit to that, I think part of why it's such strong ammunition for the non-believer is because they don't know what it's really saying, and so they don't know what it's really saying, and they want it to say something to either prove their point or to right. try and debunk it to make themselves look good. 
and to keep following them in their own way, because that's a big thing within atheism, is they'll just get go to it from a place of ignorance. And right. even the ones who, the occasional atheist who is actually, you know, really educated on what the Bible really says and really knows all the apologetic arguments and everything, they will just, the worst of them, and when I say worst, I mean just the, you know, strongest atheists who are basically evangelical atheists, right? They're trying to tell people the good news of atheism. You know, <laughs> what they'll do is the good that, news of atheists. Um, <laughs> well, that's it. that's what they think. You didn't see me doing the air quotes. You didn't see me doing the air quotes. <laughs> um, from their point of view, from their their point of view. But well, yeah, you know, they'll basically, as Paul puts it, they'll just completely close their hearts off. And I I don't think most people are like that. I think most people, if you show them something from the Bible and they say, oh, what does this mean? And you tell them what it means and you use other Bible verses for at that point they can start to understand that. The Bible is a living and active book. You know, Hebrews tells us that. And if you really use scripture the right way and you show people what something is actually saying, then I think that there's a lot that can be really done there. It's not always easy to be able to do that with someone, but if you can get to that point, then I think that's a really strong starting point. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, know, Keith, I, I, I... as as we were talking, something came back to my memory from last season, and um, it was the phrase, "If you can believe in gravity, you can believe in God." I think that right. you know we or not we, but uh, people want to, especially in today's world, they want to be able to attain something. They want to be able to feel something. They want to be able to touch something. And the fact that they can't uh, see, touch, or fit, well, as we can feel Christ, but they physically can't feel God. But on the flip side of it is you can't feel gravity, but you know it exists. (laughs) So that's where faith comes into play. So someone that may not be a believer, they may their faith system may be so misconstrued that they might not believe in anything because they don't have any direction in life. They don't have any directive in life. So if we as Christians can just try to plant a seed, you know, just leave a little nugget within them, hopefully just like just like it happened to you, Joe. Obviously, we don't know what Christian science is, but um, something happened that was planted in you years ago that brought you back mm-hmm. home. Just like the prodigal son, right? You know, something something you happened where like I know what you're saying. Yeah, but 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 right. So it's like it's like, well, you know what? Now that I think about it, the, this is the beauty of God. You were, I, I, I guess you could say misled or, um, or you know, you, you arrogant or what, whatever, right? But God's love never left. He never left your side. And at some point in time, you had to realize that, right? Am, am I, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely correct. So. That's a teachable moment. 
there's nothing, which this goes back to the word, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. That's 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 in I think what first John. Um so no matter what we do, no matter what we say, no matter no matter how we and here's the crazy part, no matter how we treat ourselves, there's nothing that will separate us from the love of Jesus Christ, which goes back to the first point of, of Keith's question, what does the image of God look like? It has to be love, because yeah. if it wasn't, then how could that something had to had to be dormant within you that had to be awakened, that you had to see something within your spiritual self, so your third eye, you had to see something that brought you or drawed you back into this reality of Christianity. So yeah, I'm not sure if I would call it a third eye, but I, I know what you're getting at. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but I mean, but you get the gist of it. So it's like it's like you saw something that brought you back in. It had to be the image of God, which was love. Yeah, I I I, I really think those are good good talking points, guys. Um, Can I say it's something? Really. Please do, oh, please. yes. Let me jump in, please. Um, so going to your question, which your question was, if we don't see the value in ourselves, then what does that look like? And mm-hmm. I'm a perfect example of that. When I saw no value in myself, I gave in to literally what the world was saying, the world being media, the world being culture, the world being the society in which I grew up in, the world being um, the family that I grew up in. And that is what led me into, after getting my BFA, entering into the commercial sex industry because I didn't know my worth. Because I was not, uh, I did not know who I was. Right, I I didn't have an identity. My identity was all being put on me by these external environments, and so that's truly what I believe for people who don't know um, the Lord. Who had and and when I when I say that, I mean they haven't experienced the love of God. You know, I had to learn what it meant what it meant to experience God the Father. That was very hard for me because of my upbringing. For me, it was so hard to connect with God the Father because of my relationship with my earthly father. And so, you know, I feel when we're, when we're speaking about, you know, how can we bear the image of God, you know, truly it's meeting people where they're at. Because if we look at, at any point in Jesus' life when he was ministering to people, he, what are the things that he did? He comes low. What do I mean by that? Look at when he washed the, the feet of the disciples. Look at when he, when he, um, the story with the woman at the well, like he comes low to us. He's not like, oh, on top and this is who I am and X, Y, and Z, and you better believe in me. Although Jesus is freaking amazing because he can be super compassionate and super loving, but it's Mm -hmm. the words that come out of his mouth are like a two-edged sword, right? Like it cuts and it goes to the root and it plucks things out. And so if we are able 
you know, it's all laid out in the word. And I love what you said, Joe, how it's, you know, it is the living, breathing word of God. It, it truly is. You know, when you read it, I, if you truly are looking for an experience, you can literally begin to experience like living waters begin to, to bubble up in you um, when you open yourself up to the truth. But, you know, some people aren't going to be there. Some people are going to be, you know, falsely, people may have been falsely led and are like, I don't want to have anything to do with religion because, <laughs> you know, I just got out of a cult and, and they twisted scripture and they did X, Y, and Z. And so for us to be able to come in to those types of um, relationships, it's really going to be that sim- this simple thing that we've been talking about this entire show, which is love. And as we love the person in front of us, that's going to build relationship. And once that relationship is built, they're going to feel that they can trust us. And, and as they can trust us, when we begin to share our faith, and it doesn't mean, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Maybe it's just them asking us questions like, you know, I kind of see how just, you know, even though you experience tough things, you, you don't fall to pieces and you don't freak out. Like, why is that? And there's that invitation to say, well, actually, it's because I, because of Jesus. Jesus has done this crazy things in my life. And, and because I followed him um, and I believed in him, even when times got tough, um, I just I'm able to really be able to still stick through things, even when they're so tough. You know, because, for instance, Mm -hmm. some of the ministry that I do is I minister to women who are in the sex industry. You know, I actually, yeah, and there's not, in the ministry, something else that I'm finding is kind of something I'm doing. I wouldn't call it a ministry, but I know it's something that the Lord's opened the doors up to, is that um, I have great relationships with the LGBT community. And I have had so many of them speak to me, pull me aside and say, Monique, you're a real Christian. I like you. And, and what they mean by that is that I'm actually doing what it says in the word, how I'm truly loving them, right? I'm not coming over and I'm not telling them you're going to go to hell because of X, Y, and Z, because the fact of the matter is there's straight people that are out there that are having sex outside of marriage, right, and doing yeah, things. Yeah, and that's and just as bad. It makes them no difference than, you know, the the practicing person who's gay or whatever that's, you know, all these different types of things. And so I love that they can come up to me and say that because what they're saying is I'm just loving them. And I'm they're free to be them, and I'm free to be me. And as I'm free to be me, I just always say things like, oh, amen, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And I kid you not, with Muslims and people who don't believe in God when they work around me, what ends up coming out of their mouths is amen, hallelujah, and thank you, Jesus. And, you know, though they may not at that moment know the power of that word, that is a faith statement. And if Jesus can get in their mouth like that, you best believe he's going in and doing a work in their heart. Mm. Amen. That's really That's cool really that you good. get to do that. Um, we're going to take a last break and, uh, we're going to have closing <clears throat> remarks, um, in our last segment. Don't go anywhere. The phone lines are still open. We'll be right back in a sec. 
Do you desire to go deeper in your life with Christ? Join us at walkingwithchrist.com where we have Bible study podcasts to help guide you through the Word of God. Walkingwithchrist.com. Come learn the Word of God with us today. Okay, we are back. Um, in this last segment, it's called um, Challenge and Application. So we're doing something a little bit different. Along with closing remarks, we're going to issue a challenge and uh, out to our listeners whenever you hear this and how you can apply that to your daily life to make an impact on the world around you. Um, a quick point on what Monique just said is really good. Um, she said, you know, she's – interacting with people uh, from the LGBT community and all these different things. And even though she doesn't agree with everything that they stand for and things like that, it does not change her position of how she is commanded to love. It never, it never changes that because love is about what you can take and and what you can withstand and what you can give out as well. Um, it's like the Sermon on the Mount reflects true love, loving your enemies, uh, loving people that curse you, loving people that slap you. Those things, that's, that's, that's true love. Her, our position as Christians are never, ever supposed to, rem- like, be moved away from what love is because, like we were saying, that's bearing the image of God is love. And, that, again, I'll say it again. Loving does not mean you accept everything and what everybody else does. Loving is being truthful. Love is true. But love is being gracious and love is being kind, especially mm-hmm. to our enemies. So it, Amen. so you can be in those environments where people are going to disagree, but be the light. Be the love. Show them. Show them who Christ is. You know, minister words to them. Drop seeds like, like Joe said. So, I mean, with that point, I guess I'll just offer my challenge out to the listeners. I challenge you to look in the mirror and say to yourself, you bear the image of God. For this is for our believers that's listening. You bear the image of God. That means that you have a duty and a responsibility to everybody around you to love them and be proactive. Your coworkers, your boss, your brother, your sister, your, the unbelieving members in your family, and to always be grounded and rooted in love and show that God's love is shining through you and be eager to give that love out in different types of ways and pray that the Lord will grant you opportunities to minister the gospel, which is the power unto salvation. So that's my uh, challenge to the believers that's listening. And to the unbelievers, I challenge you to, to, to spend 15 minutes with a very mature Christian and talk about Jesus for 15 minutes and see how that will change your mind. Open your mind up just to a conversation about Jesus Christ, not about church history, not about famous preachers today, not about ministries you've been a part of, not about your past, not about church, about the person of Jesus Christ. That's my challenge. I challenge you guys to do that this week. So that's my challenge to you guys. 
I have a challenge no, that goes go a step next. beyond that. Huh? <laughs> I was going to let you go next. <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. Um, my challenge is a step beyond that. My challenge is to, it can extend to non-Christians, but I think it's primarily to Christians. You probably have that one person in your life who really frustrates you. You think of them and something in you cringes or sighs or just makes you upset. Remember that they're made in the image of God just as much as you. You don't have anything special in you, right? You know, First Corinthians 1, 4, 7 says, for who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you have not received? So if you're thinking of someone as, you know, uh, less than you, or you're thinking of someone as, you know, having some problem and you're giving them a hard time for it, you're just as fallen as they are. You know, even if you are a believer, that's not because of anything that you did. That's because of what God did. The only reason why we have any access to this amazing relationship is because of Christ's sacrifice. And as um, I think Monique, you pointed this out earlier, God didn't die for easy people. You know, we have this image sometimes that God died so these innocent people would have this opportunity for conciliation with Christ, but that's not how it is. The littlest sin is the most contaminating, horrible thing you could think of. And one single sin separates us from God infinitely because God is just that holy and sin is just that bad. So if you find yourself, you know, there's that one person in your life who frustrates you for whatever reason, just remember that they're made in the image of God just as much as you are. If you need to pray over that for God to change your heart so you can accept that better, do that. But think of that one person and just try and remember that you are not any better than they are. They are not any better than you are or worse or anything like that because we are all made in God's image. No more, no less. Yeah, I think what I would say, since you guys have come up with some pretty great challenges, is more just on a practical level, um, and I'm speaking just from experience. Um, I had to learn what it meant. Like, what did that mean to to be created in the image of God? Like, that was just so foreign to me. I had no idea what that meant. So if you're listening and you're like, that's me, I really don't even have any idea, like, that's it seems like it's way out in the universe and I can't even connect with that. Um, I really invite you um, to spend some time with God Um, and whatever that looks like, however you feel you connect with God. If you connect with God in nature, um, you know, going for a hike or do you connect with God by listening to some worship music or do you connect with God by journaling or doing art or whatever it is, I'd really invite you to, to connect with God and just ask him, how did you create me in your image? What is it? What did you give me that is in your image? And just really allow yourself to be still and quiet, no interruptions. I know, so this may be a challenge, (laughs) putting silent on your phone and putting your phone down so you don't see the notifications. And really just spending time listening. 
Um, so for me, like I can listen, but I lose things. So what I like to do is I like to have a pen and paper. And when I begin to hear God, I'll write it down so I don't lose it. And I, that's just a great way to be a good steward of what, what God is speaking to me. Um, but I think for those of, of you out there who this is, this can be um, the first level for you to really understand what it means to be created in the image of God. It's a great journey to go on um, just to wait and listen on God. And you might just hear one thing and that's okay. And and it's not that he's not speaking so many different things to you. Um, There may just, um, it's just, it's a process. And so be patient and, and go with the process. But even if you heard just one, one thing, um, to be able to really spend time with that and, and, and take a day to really just um, enjoy and what that, that beautiful nugget was, um, I think that would be the first step for you. And then um, you could move on to these other awesome challenges that uh, Joe and Keith have given. Excellent. Excellent. Um, and, you know, that that will uh, conclude the first episode of Season 4. Joe, uh, we would love, uh, we would, you know, we just love to say thank you right now for coming. Um, oh, thank you, guys. It was uh, an we, absolute we, pleasure. No problem, man. And please, you have the floor. Please promote your show. Uh, you can catch more of Joe from Finding Faith. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joe. You you plug it. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Keith should have somewhere on the website a link to my channel. And if you follow Straight Talk to Joe, the Facebook page, he also has a link to my channel. If you don't have either of those avenues easily available to you, you can simply just go onto YouTube, type in Finding Faith, one word, and just scroll down a little bit. We'll see. I have currently 25 subscribers, um, and hopefully it'll be more in the future. But you know, God's been my channel, but God wants to do with my channel. So, trusting Him right now, it's still a relatively new YouTube channel, and I'm doing it part time. But I try and get out two videos a week. Sometimes it's only one, just because of timing. But yeah, so go ahead, and check out my channel. It's very faith-based in nature, obviously, uh, and yeah, I, Keith is actually going to be on my show. Um, I plan on posting that video really soon to make some final adjustments. But, yeah, we recorded that from a few months back, and it'll be fun because if you've never seen Keith in person, you get to see Keith in person. You'll get to see what I was like. It's all fun. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. Have a wonderful night, and we'll see you next week. Uh, thanks, Keith. Great to meet you guys. Yeah. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Hey there, this is Keith from Straight Talk with Joe, and the conversation doesn't have to stop. Feel free to hit us up on any one of our social media outlets from Twitter all the way to Facebook. So for Twitter, hit us up at Straight Talk Joe. That's S-T-R-8 Talk Joe. 
And on Facebook, just search us in Straight Talk with Joe, and we'll pop right up. Our website is www.straighttalkjoe.com, and our Instagram is at Straight Talk Joe. I know that's a lot of Straight Talk Joes, but we want to encourage you guys to keep plugging in. We want to stay connected with you. God bless you. Jesus loves you. Shalom.